UFC 259 on the horizon. Can't wait. Bro, what a crazy fight card today is going to be. Anyway, enjoy the fights, guys. Make sure if you don't follow me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at official underscore PITM, I believe. Deuces, guys. I'll be on the Twitter screen. going on everybody okay I got a lot of information to get to so let's do it as smoothly as possible I won't say as quickly because I love doing this so I try to make this last a good while and make it fun if it gets boring I apologize but I'm gonna start off with the results of Cyril Gain versus Razinho Rosenstrike I know I didn't do one last week but we all know Curse Blades won by knockout wait I did do that one Never mind, don't listen to me. Anyway, Rosinho Rosenstrike versus Cyril Gain or Gan, however you say his name. Or Cyril. Cyril. Okay, people are very critical of Cyril because they're heavyweights and we're all expecting a big knockout. But, dude, if I'm not mistaken, this is the guy's like, it's not even, he doesn't even have 10 professional fights and he was already fighting a dude in the top three. I believe this is his eighth win or ninth win. It was his eighth win. Eighth win. So think about that. When did he supposedly start? His first MMA fight was the 2nd of August 2018. And he only fought one more time that year, which was September. So his first two fights were pretty much back to back. And then he fought again May 24th. 2019 and then his following fight so his fourth fight of his professional career was in the UFC and since his fourth fight in the UFC they've all been wins and he was a Muay Thai fighter with a 7-0 record so all together this guy's had 16 fights including Muay Thai and MMA and his fourth fight was already in the premier organization and he hasn't looked bad. And his, the first fight was a triangle submission choke against Rafael Pesca, Pes, Pescoa. I was going to say Pesca, but it's Pescoa. And then his next one was Don Tale Maze. And then he had a, a decision victory over Tanner Bowser. And then he beat Junior Dos Santos with elbows. And then his most recent fight with... Rosinho Rosenstrike. So this guy's a finisher. And what upset me is the way people reacted because they're heavyweights. So they want him to go in there. But he knew what was coming back at him. I mean, look at what Alistair Overeem was doing. Alistair Overeem was, as he put it, was schooling Rosinho Rosenstrike for 24 minutes and 40 seconds. Because then Rosinho lands that big bomb at the very end and ends up knocking out Alistair Overeem. So... Cyril's 
IQ is very high. I don't agree with all the criticism that he was getting. And it's only it was only his eighth fight. He can only learn from it and get better. As far as what's next for him, I would like to see him fight. Let's see. He's number four. You can give him Curtis Blades. I don't want to see him fight Derek Lewis because I think it'll be a very similar fight. And I believe Derek Lewis, at the very least, deserves the loser of Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic. So you can give him... People aren't going to like this. You could give him Alexander Volkov, who's number five right under him, which is, that's probably the route they're going since they weren't very happy with his last performance. Or you could give him Curtis Blades. I wouldn't be upset with either two options. Yeah, but I believe we should all applaud Cyril because he knew what he was doing. He had a game plan. He stuck to it. It's very hard for... Somebody that's very fresh in the game to stick to a game plan like a veteran like Cyril did. I applaud him very much because it was a tactical win. It always doesn't need to be. I want to see somebody die. Derek Lewis gave us that the week before. So a technical fight, it's not all that bad. Going on to the co-main event. Magomed Akilaev versus Nikita Krilov. I mean, Magomed Akilaev, he's just proving he's another Russian killer, bro. Like, everybody gets mad at me because I'm saying these Russian dudes are going to slowly take over. But look at the landscape. Volkov's there at heavyweight. Akilaev is there at light heavyweight. Um, Khabib's partner, I don't know his name, but the guy that was on the contender series is there at middleweight. Hamza. Hopefully he gets better and continues fighting. Unless he sticks to his word, he's going to retire. Again, Hamza at welterweight. These Russian guys are coming if he sticks to his word. I mean, if he doesn't stick to his word and continues fighting. Because if he sticks to his word, he's going to stay retired. At lightweight, you got um, Islam Makachev. I was going to say Magomed Akilayev again. Islam Makachev. At featherweight, you got Zabit Magomed Sharipov. At bantamweight, you got Peter Yan, the reigning champion who fights. By the time you guys hear it, it's going to be today, but I'm recording it on Friday night. So so by the time, hopefully you guys can hear this before the fight. I'm going to start recording them a little earlier in the week. It's just that I had a lot to do this week. But anyway, I digress. And then... I don't know if flyweight, I'm going to check, but the Aknar, Aknar guy that Joseph Benavides is fighting, what's his name? Aknar, Aknar Aknoff, I think his name is, but I don't know if he's Russian. I'm going to check it out. But all these Russian guys, even this guy in the Bellator Grand Prix, Don, Le, Don Legend, Yag, Yag, Yagmaradov, Donglek Jan Yagmaradov, I think that's how you say his name. Donglek Jan Yagmaradov. That guy's fighting Corey Anderson. I guarantee you I butchered it. I did listen to his name a couple times, but I still butchered it. Don't fault me for it. But that guy looks like a beast. He's making his Bellator debut in the light heavyweight Grand Prix against Corey Anderson. Don't be surprised if this guy and... What's what's the champion's name? What's his name? I forgot his name. 
the champion. As soon as I see his name, I'm gonna remember it. I have it right here, thankfully. Yadim Nenkov. Don't be surprised. Can these guys? Can, are they in the same side of the bracket? They probably put it so they can't see each other in the finals, but let's see. No, they're not. So, potentially, these two Russian dudes could meet in the finals. Because on one side of the bracket, you got Ryan Bader versus Leota Machida. Corey Anderson versus Yagmaradov. Nadim Nankov versus Phil Davis. Anthony Johnson versus Yoel Romero. I'm going to go back to the UFC fights, but we're going to get into this Grand Prix a little bit later in the show. So these Russian, dude, like, all these Russian fighters are coming in, and they're going to do work, bro. Like, a lot of people say that I'm just a fanboy. I don't, like, the proof is in the pudding. These Russian guys are coming, bro. They are coming, and I wouldn't be surprised that they're going to hold all the major titles very, very soon, if not be top contenders. Because a lot of them are already top contenders. Let me find this guy. Why would I need to find something I can... Ooh. The Askar... Askarov guy didn't make weight. It's a catch weight of 127. Yeah, he's a Russian mixed martial artist. And freestyle wrestling. So if this guy could get his weight issues under control, there could potentially be a Russian champion in every weight class in the UFC. Flyweight, you got this Askar guy who's already going to fight Joseph Benavides, who's ranked number one. If he beats him, I imagine that'd be a crazy fight. I think Joseph Benavides is number two. He'll, he'll probably fight the loser of Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueiredo. So, Askar Askarov. You already got Peter Yan. Not Islam. I just said his name. Magomed Sharipov. Zabi. I couldn't remember his name for the life of me. Zabi Magomed Sharipov. At featherweight. You got Islam Makhachev at lightweight. If Khabib really does decide to retire, he's going to have another meeting with Dana White after the fights. You got Hamza Chimaev at welterweight and middleweight if he competes still. Uh, and you got Khabib's training partner at middleweight, who I can never remember his name. He was the guy in the contender series. You got Magomed Akilaev, who is number seven ranked currently. And I believe he should fight. Let me see. He is number seven. If Anthony Smith wins, I wouldn't want to see him fight Anthony Smith. Or the loser of either Dominic Reyes and Yuri Prochatska, who, who they're going to fight on May 1st. Or the loser of Alexander Rakic and Thiago Santos, who they fight tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, today. I say tomorrow because I'm recording it on Friday. But by the time you hear it, it's going to be Saturday. So, today... So that's where he should go. Uh, okay. And then Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera put on a classic. I can't wait for the trilogy because they're one apiece. 
But that's it for that fight card. So zero gain, nothing but applause for me. And while I'm on the subject of heavyweights, um, the UFC have announced that they cut Junior Dos Santos and Alistar Overeem, which then led Alistar to say the final run is over. So Alistar, if this is truly the end, thank you. I mean it. Thank you with all my heart for the memories. And especially, and I know people are probably going to make fun of me, my favorite Alistar Overeem was Strike Force slash Dream slash First Fight in the UFC, a.k.a. Uberim. That's the greatest Alistar Overeem ever. That's probably the best fighter in the world right there. I want, if he goes to 1FC, please let him do it. I just want to see him jacked. I want to see him jacked. And he'll beat everybody, bro. He'll be the champion like that. Like, Brandon Vera, see you, bro. Brandon, yeah, Brandon the true there. He's the champion. Like, see you, bro. You're going to get destroyed by Alistar Overeem if Uberim's able to come out. But he has said that he is going to retire after being released from the UFC. Now it's time. The reason I really wanted to do this right now and not wait another week is for UFC 259. Bro, what a card, what a card, what a card. Okay, here we go. First of all, I want to start in the early prelims. A fight that jumps off the page is Tim Elliott versus Jordan Espinosa. What a fight, I'm going to watch that one. And then going into the like main prelims, Kai Carl Friends versus Hodrio Bon Torin, Hodrio Bon Torin, and then the one I just talked about, Joseph Benavides versus Askar Askarov, Song Yadong versus Kyler Phillips, and then the feature prelim, Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. I'm really excited for that one because I want to see how Dominic's going to look. We haven't seen him since he lost to Triple C. So let's see if Dominic still has it or if he's on his way out. I believe this fight's going to prove that. And maybe not. Casey Kenny is a good fighter. I believe he's on a three-fight win streak. He recently fought either on ABC or at the last Fight Island card. Oh, no, no, no. He fought on one of the October cards for Fight Island. I think, I want to say, he fought on the Korean Zombie, Brian Ortega card. Let me check. But that's a good fight. They're both from Arizona. Oh, no, he fought at UFC 254, which was Habib versus Justin Gaethje. My bad, sorry. But I was right. It was in October. I got some of it right. It's going to be a good fight. Can't wait, and it's a it's a good appetizer to get you ready for the pay-per-view portion, which I will tell you this. Any fight of this pay-per-view, on this pay-per-view portion of this card, could easily headline its own pay-per-view or a fight night. Like, the very first fight is easily a, a headline for a fight night card. Tiago Santos versus... Let me try to say his name. Alec... Alec Zandar Wreckage. It's not Alex Zander, it's Alec Zandar Wreckage. And Tiago 
Matera Santos, the hammer of Thor. Have you guys seen the ink he's got on his chest? A big ass Thor hammer. Fucking dope. Anyway, sorry for my swearing. I'm just really excited. I believe, I believe this is going to be fight of the night. I told my cousin this the other day. He's like, bro, if Israel wins, that's automatically fight of the night. I'm like, that's not true. Israel could start him and have performance of the night, but I don't believe if Israel wins, it's the automatic fight of the night. But then again, my cousin is a next level fanboy of Israel Adesanya. And it's funny because I tell him, bro, you dislike Connor so much? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to tell you. When Max fought Calvin Cater, I saw him the following day. And I'm like, I still think Connor smokes Max. And he goes, these, these were his words, not mine. So don't get mad at me. He goes, you're such a Connor McGregor dick writer. But yeah, if I say something remotely like that to him about Israel, nah, you're wrong. Israel's the best. Like, it's hilarious, bro. Israel's a very good fighter, though. I will give everybody that. But it's hilarious how, like, he has this double standard for one dude where the other guy is like, ah, whatever. I like him, so he's cool. Like, it could have been the other way around. Like, he could have hated Israel and liked Connor. That's how weird that is. But anyway, Thiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic. What a fight. Fight of the night right there, bro. Trust me. I don't believe any... I... It could go to the third round, but I don't think it's going to go to decision. Like, Thiago Santos is going to come out throwing bombs. He's going to try to knock out Alexander Rakic within the first minute of the fight. I already see it. They don't call him Matera for, for nothing, bro. What a fight that's going to be. Like, that's my favorite fight of the whole card. And that's saying something because I don't think a lot of people believe, no, not believe, know how good this fight is. This fight's really good. Next one, Islam Makhachev versus Drew Dober. This guy has the key to the palace, this Drew Dober guy. All he has to do is beat Islam. It doesn't matter if it's barely controversial. If he beats Islam, I guarantee you Habib Nurmagomedov goes, okay, I'm coming back. Because Habib believes he can leave because Islam is so good that he will be champion and carry on the legacy of Eagle MMA. I believe that's what's going on here. Like, Habib says, I don't need to fight no more because we got Islam. We got all these other guys. But if Islam loses, like, I'm telling you, it could be a spectacle. Like, it could be so small that they might have to rematch. But the fact that if Islam if Islam loses, like, the best thing for Dana White, honestly, and this is going to sound mean, is for Islam Makhachev to lose that tomorrow night. I was going to say last night, but tomorrow night. I mean, today. I keep, sorry, guys. I got something in my today because then 90% chance Khabib comes back. And we're going to get into that later. Next, the very first title fight of the night, Peter the Siberian Gangster Jan versus Algermain Sterling. I can't wait. Peter Jan is one of my favorite fighters. He's got that Fedor Emelianenko vibe to him that he doesn't have to say much, but... You're just going to watch because of his ominous presence. And, like, it was funny because I watched the press conference yesterday. 
Peter doesn't really speak English. Like, he knows words here and there. Like, hi, how are you doing? Be ready. We're going to fight tomorrow. But he can't formulate complete sentences as I'm doing right now. As you can tell. You're probably listening to this. You're like, yeah, you're not doing a very good job. It's okay. I'm kidding. But the point is he can't carry on a conversation in English. So every time they would ask him something, he would say it. Well, he would wait for the translator to say it to him so he could say his answer to the translator and the translator would answer. And as they were talking smack to each other, he would have to wait to get a response. It was hilarious. But anyway, I think Peter Yan wins. I'll give him my picks in a little bit, even though I just said Peter Yan wins. Okay, next fight. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. I believe... Megan is a plus 750 underdog, and Amanda Nunes is a minus 1200 favorite. That means nobody thinks Amanda Nunes is going to lose. But I believe there's a chance because of Megan's tallness. Because let's not forget what happened when she fought Jermaine Durand and Amanda Nunes. When she didn't like the stand, where the stand-up was. She kept taking her down and that got her winded. If Megan can fend off, like she could get taken down, that's fine. But if she can fend off the attack from the bottom and get up and land strikes here and there, she can win this fight. I think her tallness is going to be, she's got to check the leg kicks because the leg kicks are going to come hard. She's going to have to, it's going to be a war and I think Megan is going to pull off the upset. There's something in me. UFC 196 was five years ago, yesterday, and we saw the upsets that night had. Could it be fate that there's going to be more upsets tomorrow night? I didn't break down the Peter Yan and Andre starting fight. So I believe what Peter's going to do is keep it on the feet. If it goes to the ground, he just has to get up, and I think he has the ground experience to do that. Because Alderman Sterling's saving grace is going to be to take him down and choke him out like he did with... Corey Sanhagen, because Corey Sanhagen, I believe, is the better stand-up fighter. I could be wrong, but there's going to be a crazy fight, but I think Peter takes it. So I think Peter's road to victory is stand-up. Megan's road to victory is getting up after getting taken down and landing shots here and there to eventually... It's a five-round fight for, for Megan, so just manage your cardio. It's easier said than done. Use your length to your advantage. And I believe Megan's going to pull off the upset. No, the championship fight. Jan Brakovich versus the last style bender Israel Adesanya. This has a lot of moving parts because I was saying for weeks that I don't know if the extra weight is going to hurt Izzy. I don't know if he's putting on extra muscle. He doesn't look all that bigger. He's oh he only officially weighed in at two hundred either two hundred and one point five or two hundred point five. I heard them say two hundred and one point five, but when the graphic came up, it said two hundred point five. Jan Brakovic waiting at the limit. So I believe this is what I believe. I believe on fight night, which is later today for you guys, Izzy's gonna weigh. Between 212 to 215. No, 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 that's too much. 208, 208 to 212. 
We're not gonna know because they're in Vegas and Vegas they don't weigh them. I'm fine that if they were here in California, they would have weighed them. It doesn't matter, but they would have weighed them. Jan Brakovic has said himself, I will probably weigh around 220 in the fight. Now, the thing I'm wor- like I'm not worried, but I wonder if Jan lands on him because as much as everybody wants to say he didn't. Yoel Romero dropped Izzy. Like, I don't care what you guys tell me. He dropped him because you can see where he fell. So, my question is, if Jan lands, like, it doesn't... If Jan lands, is Izzy going to be able to take the hit? Or is Izzy going to be too fast for Jan? And is is his power going to be enough that he'll knock him out? Or will Izzy's power be gone, much like it was when when Conor McGregor found the ideas that Conor was so used to people falling after getting hit with his left hand that... He's going to panic in the third or fourth round and potentially lose the fight. Not Connor, Izzy. They will panic in the later rounds. And then the other thing is Jan's grappling. Like, Izzy's grappling is very underrated. He just got a purple belt from Andre Galvao, who I am going to talk about later. If you follow Jiu-Jitsu, you know where, where I'm going with Andre. But he just got his purple belt from Andre Galvao. Like, to get a purple belt from that guy, it's almost as good if not on equal level of getting a belt from the Machado or Gracie brothers, that's how much Andre Galvao is respected in the jiu-jitsu community as far as his teachings. I don't know if people like him personally, but he seems like a very humble guy. He is a very humble guy, actually. Again, the reason I'm saying this about Andre Galvao is you guys know where I'm going with this story if you follow jiu-jitsu or are a close friend of mine because I've been talking about it. Anyway, Izzy, to get a purple belt from Andre Galvao, must know some crazy jiu-jitsu. And he used to be a b-boy, so you know he knows how to control his body very well while on the floor. But also, Jan Brakovic's grappling is very underrated. Let's say Jan just grabs a hold of his neck and just squeezes the life out of him. Izzy might be in trouble. So, for... The last two fights of the night, I'm going with the underdogs. I'm going Megan Anderson and Polish power Jan Brakovic. Would I be surprised if Israel Adesanya and Amanda Nunes win? Absolutely not. But I believe there's going to be an upset. So, going Jan and Megan. So, to recap... I got, I'll start with, I'll go with Askar Askarov. He's going to beat Joseph Benavides. I think Dominic Cruz beats Casey Kenny. I think Alexander Rakic beats Tiago Santos, even though that's a crazy fight. I think Islam Makhachev is going to beat Drew Dober. Drew Dober has a chance to get a crack at, get into the castle. I'm telling you, if you're a light Wait, in the top five, you're rooting for Drew Dober because a lot of people believe that if Islam loses, Habib Nurmagomedov will come back. Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. I'm going for Peter Yan. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. I'm going to go for Megan. I just feel it that there's going to be like a jaw-dropping moment and then Jan Brakovic versus Israel Adesanya. I'm going for Jan Brakovic.
So there are my picks. You could go with them. You cannot. I'm not very good at this stuff. So if I was you guys, I wouldn't. Conor McGregor's return. There are rumors that Conor is going to return in the summer to do the trilogy fight with Dustin Poirier. That brings me up to my next point. I'm going to tell you guys something. The only reason they have not stripped Khabib Nurmagomedov of the UFC lightweight belt is because Dana White is adamant to do the rematch between Conor McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov. Trust me about this, bro. If Conor McGregor would have beat... Like, Dustin ruined their plans. Dustin ruined their plans by knocking out Conor McGregor. If Conor McGregor would have won that fight, Dana White would have been howling Khabib. Like, look, dude, we'll make so much money. So Dana White has said... This is what he said. Numbers... One through nine have to fight it out to see who comes out on top. That is code for saying, I need enough time to convince Khabib to come back and hopefully Conor wins his next fight so I can throw Conor McGregor in there with Khabib and make a boatload of money. That's what that is. But let's go with what Dana's saying, one through nine. So we know Dustin, who's number one, is going to fight Conor. They're saying July, maybe even earlier in May. So Dustin and Connor are going to fight. They're locked. That leaves me with Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Rafael Dos Anjos, Dan Hooker, Benil Darius, and Paul Felder. Paul Felder, you're out. Like, you're not even a part of this conversation because you lost to Rafael Dos Anjos. Okay, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. For the simple fact, we know McGregor's going to fight Dustin Poirier. That's already getting set in stone. I would do Justin Gagey. Versus Charles Oliveira. And then I would book Michael Chandler. Versus Tony Ferguson. Just because they haven't fought. Then I would book. Since Dan Hooker just lost. I don't think he wants to fight anytime soon. But right now. I would book. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Benil Dariush. Or you can do Tony Ferguson versus Dan Hooker. And then give Michael Chandler a former UFC champion to solidify his his role even more. And then you can, if you want to add Paul Felder, Benil Darius and Paul Felder. This is a ploy for Dana to get what he wants, which is McGregor. I mean, Nurmagomedov versus McGregor too. Like that's all he wants. Cause if he would have he he would have beat Dustin, he would have either said okay in his next fight, in Connor's next fight it'll be for the vacant UFC title, or he would have convinced Khabib to come back. They would have coached the Ultimate Fighter, promoted the heck out of that fight, and make 
a boatload of money at the end of it because hopefully the pandemic is over by then and they're letting fans in at full capacity even though Texas is already letting people in at 100% e scary stuff scary stuff but I'm not gonna get into that because people are gonna be offended that I just said that but okay so there it is Dustin versus McGregor Justin versus Oliveira. Michael Chandler versus Rafael Dos Anjos or Rafael. Dan Hooker versus Tony Ferguson. And Benio Darius versus Paul Felder. In hopes that Khabib will come back and Connor wins his next fight. That's what Dana White's hoping because if Connor wins his next fight in an impressive fashion, Connor's number six right now. If he beats Dustin, who's number one, he's at the very least going to be number two. I don't agree with it. I believe Khabib is really retired, and either Dustin should fight Charles Oliveira for the title, and Justin Gaethje and... Mike Chandler can fight for the next title shot. That's what I believe should happen. But this whole 1 through 9 or 1 through 10 stuff, I don't agree with it. Because all he really wants is for Khabib to come back and his opponent be Conor. That's all he really wants. Mm, Bellator, oh, the Grand Prix. Let's go talk about the Bellator Grand Prix. I have it right here. Okay, first fight. Oh, no, that's not the first fight. Oh, yeah, it is. The first fight is Ryan Bader versus Lyoto Machida. I like Ryan Bader in this fight just for the simple fact that he's younger. Nadim Nankov did put a number on Ryan Bader, but I don't see Lyoto Machida beating Ryan Bader. I think Ryan Bader's wrestling is too good for him. And finally, Ryan Bader's not jumping in between weight. You, you never know. That could have had an effect on him. So we'll see what happens there. But I like Ryan Bader in this fight. Corey Anderson versus... Is that Russian guy again? And I forgot his name already. Dong Li Jan... Yagshin Muradov. Dong Li Jan Muradov. Again, I probably butchered it. It's cool. That guy's coming from the Absolute Championship Bercu League in Russia. They got some killers over there. I believe Peter Yan came from there. And we've all seen what Peter's doing in the UFC Bantamweight Champ. And this is Yakshimaradov's debut in the company for Bellator. And he's fighting a, a former UFC vet who was top five while he was in the company. So, high hopes for him. He's fighting Corey Anderson. For the simple fact that I don't know the level that Yakshin Muradov has fought, I'm going to go with Corey Anderson. Because I know the level of competition he's fought, and I know what he's capable of. And I don't know Yakshin Muradov's takedown defense. But I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. Yakshin Muradov, that is. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins because I'm telling you, these Russians are built different. They're built different. 
Next fight. I believe the, the next fight. I don't know who's first, but I believe the next fight is Yoel Romero versus Anthony Johnson. This fight is very interesting for a couple of reasons. Because this is going to be Yoel Romero's first fight at light heavyweight since I believe from Strike Force, because I believe he's never fought at light heavyweight when he was part of the UFC. So I believe this is going to be his first fight at light heavyweight for about seven years. I don't know how long he's been in the UFC. He was in the UFC. At the same time, Anthony Johnson is coming back since I believe the last time he fought was May of 2016 against Daniel Cormier. Where, like, it looked like he just gave up in that fight and let Daniel take him down and choke him out. As much as I want y'all to win, I don't think he could withstand Anthony Rumble Johnson's power. Like, Anthony Rumble Johnson is like Francis and Ghana. They sneeze on you and you go to sleep, bro. That's how scary this guy is. With that being said, I want Yoel to win. I don't know if he's going to because Anthony Johnson is very, very good. And I don't know how Anthony Johnson is going to look because this is his first fight. And since that loss to DC. So we'll see. And then I don't, I believe Nadim Nankov versus Phil Davis closes out the first round. And it's gonna it's crazy because Bellator's coming back, I believe April 2nd and the following weekend. It's gonna be two days of back-to-back action with this light heavyweight Grand Prix. So within two days we're, we're the first round closes. So don't be surprised if Yagmaradov and Nemkov end up in the finals. I would not be surprised because I think Nemkov is gonna win the whole thing because I think he's the best fighter in the Grand Prix. He's the champion for a reason. The dude's only 28. I don't know if because of his affiliation with Fedor, he would ever go to the UFC, but I hope he does one day. Because then he's another guy that I say like AJ McKee, like Pitbull, like Mike Chandler just proved. These guys can compete with anybody and they're probably some of the best in the world. But for the simple fact that they don't fight for the UFC. Not a lot of people believe that. But I think Vadim Nankov or Nadim. I'm going to say Vadim because his name is spelled with the B. He's going to win the whole thing. He's going to fight Phil Davis. He already beat him. So I think Vadim wins again. Bellator's got some crazy fight cards coming up. They even got, I believe, April 2nd is the return of Patricio Pitbull versus Emmanuel Sanchez to see who fights AJ McKee in the finals for the Featherweight Grand Prix. So we'll see what happens there. Dude, so many crazy fights happening in so little time. And I believe there's one last thing I need to talk about with you guys. And then I'm out of here to enjoy the fights with you guys. Oh, let's go future title fights. Okay. So, I don't know the dates. but So, the UFC recently announced, and I feel really bad for Lauren Murphy because she's the one that lost here. 
because she's been on the tear in the division. The UFC recently announced Valentina Shevchenko is going to fight Jessica I. I mean, not Jessica I, Jessica Andrade for the title sometime in April. Dude, that's a crazy fight because Jessica only really needs to land one and she's way strong. Valentina's bigger, but out of the two, Jessica Andrade is the stronger fighter and I wouldn't be surprised if she picks her up and slams her over and over and over until she knocks her out. But Valentina Shevchenko is very skilled and I believe she'll prepare for that. I believe Valentina will remain champion. And then have a similar problem to what Nunez has is that they're cleaning out everybody in their divisions that there's hardly anybody left for them to fight. That there's talks about there being a third fight even though Amanda has already won twice. They're both that good that they want to do the third fight. And then this might be on the same card. They want to do Wei Li Zhang versus Thug Rose. Bro, that could be one of the craziest fights ever in the company of the UFC man or woman fight because those girls come to throw down like, when this fight gets announced, don't, and you're a fan, do everything in your power not to miss this fight. Trust me, because it is going to be one of the craziest fights you've ever seen. Like, both of those girls come to fight. They're not going to hold each other. They're not going to. They come to break faces. That's as simple as I could put it. Don't miss this fight. I believe Wendy Jang is the better technical fighter, but Rose has a lot of good footwork and movement so we'll see what happens there i'm not gonna pick a winner in that fight because i love them both i just want to see a good fight so when it comes down to that fight don't ask me who's gonna win because i don't know because i wish they both could win because that's how good that fight is but i don't know who would win i, I would lean more towards Wei Li just because she's a better technical striker but who knows maybe rose takes her down and chokes her out or kimura's her they announced that they're targeting June for the Davison Figueredo Brandon Moreno rematch. Again, I don't. This is my personal opinion. I don't believe there should be an immediate rematch because if Davison Figueredo doesn't get that point deducted, he was dominant enough to show like it's a tie because I accidentally kicked you low and. They're saying I won that round, but because I kicked you low, it's a tie. So if Davison comes out and starches Moreno, they're saying the next guy would be Cody Garbrandt. But Cody, from what I heard, is trying to get a fight with Jose Aldo. So we'll see, man. But as for right now, the Bantamweight belt, the Women's Featherweight belt, the light heavyweight belt. They're all getting contested today. And within the coming months. The women's flyweight belt. The women's strawweight belt. And the men's flyweight belt. Will be contested. Dang who's left. And then the heavyweights. The heavyweights are fighting later this month. And so is the fe- Dude within the coming months. We're going to have eight champions defending their belt. Somebody's going to have to turn around real quick. And I believe it's going to be Kamar Usman because there are rumors that him and Jorge are going to do the ultimate fighter and fight at some point in, in September. What 
I'm nervous, and I'm not really nervous, but I'm worried for in the sake of for Jorge, because he's talked so much that if Usman like dominates him, like he buried himself. Like he's saying last time, it was because I wasn't in shape or anything like that. That's fine. Like that's fine. That could be true. But the point is, he's talked so much that if he loses badly. And, dude, Kamar Usman can knock him out. Trevor Whitman's done something with him, bro, because Kamar Usman wasn't fighting like that. How he fought Gilbert Burns, he wasn't fighting like that before. He was fighting more of a wrestling style. But now this guy's throwing power punches. So we'll see, bro. Unlike Kobe, when Kobe lost, like, he's like, okay, I'm going to fight this guy. But he didn't. Like, the only time he talks about Usman is when he's, like, literally talking to him. But, like, other than that, he just... Answers the question and moves on. But because Jorge has attacked in his management, like, and I'm not against it. Like, I don't I don't want it to seem like I'm against any of that. But I'm telling you, he's backed himself into a corner that if he loses, it's going to be really hard for him to get another title shot unless Kamar Usman loses the title eventually. And I honestly don't see that happening anytime soon. Okay, there's one last thing to talk about, and it is MMA related, but it's not about MMA. I'm going to go to the jiu-jitsu world. Okay, so if you're a jiu-jitsu fan, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Last weekend at a jiu-jitsu event, Gordon Ryan, who is one of the top Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners, fought against Andre Galval, one of his students. And I guess he beat him. And Gordon likes to talk a lot of smack. Like, he'll go overboard sometimes. Again, nothing wrong with it. I honestly don't see anything wrong with it. A lot of people might get offended. But he's backing up everything he said. And he must have said something. I'm not too close on the situation. What I do know is that he's been antagonizing Andre in bet matches. Basically, what he does is he tells them, I'll give you a certain amount of money if you beat me in in these rule sets or he tells them you could pick the rule sets and if you beat me I'll give you a certain amount of money and it's like thousands and he's it's like twenty thousand dollars he calls them bet matches so I'm pretty sure Gordon I know Andre and Gordon were going back and forth for a while because Andre made a video talking smack about Gordon and then Gordon like he like if you follow him on Instagram and you just want to see him like roast people just follow him and like that's what his story is like that's what it is like if you're if you're into that sort of thing you have a blast if you're not you might not want to follow him but if you're into that sort of thing you would have a blast watching that dude's stories because that's that's what he does all day and then like it's funny because people that dm him talking smack he'll take because he has one of those business profiles i have one too that if you're in if you're not in the primary inbox and you're in the general one, I can look at it, but it won't tell you that I seen it. I don't know. For those who didn't know that, I'm revealing all the secrets. So what he does is he takes a screenshot and he roasts them on his story. And like he's roasted people so bad that they delete, they either block him or delete their Instagram. <laughs> Point here being, 
Gordon got under Andre's skin. And then another point I need to point out to you, if you've never been to a jiu-jitsu match, the way that works is the competitors go, and like, for the sake of, for people who, to understand me, they can have like a, a corner of two people, which would be their main coach and like an assistant coach. So Andre was one of the coaches for the guy Gordon was grappling against. So Gordon wins. Now, from what I'm told, because I couldn't really see, because I didn't watch the event, but from what I'm told and from what I read online, Gordon, like, because you usually, like, in sportsmanship, you would go over and shake the person's hand, right? When he went over to shake Andre's hand, Andre said something to him and flipped him off. So, they go to the back. I'm assuming Andre follows him. And, like, they, like, get into each other's face. And, like, Gordon tells him, he's like, why are you telling people I'm scared? Or why do you think I'm scared? Something along those lines. That Andre gets into his face and shoves him. And then Gordon proceeds to slap him. But, like, not one of those sissy slaps. Like, a full-on smack. Now, I didn't know until today... That I was talking to one of my homies that knew a little bit more information than I did. He goes, Andre got smacked twice. I'm like, what? He yeah, he goes, yeah, the second one, you can't see it, but you can hear it. Because the original video I saw was on Instagram. So I googled, Gordon Ryan slaps Andre Galval. And sure enough, the whole thing's right there. You can hear the second slap. And he goes... He slaps him, and the one thing I didn't explain, there's nobody around them. So if Andre could, Andre, if he wanted to, there could have been a full-blown fight. Or Gordon, if he wanted to, there could have been a full-blown fight. But so he smacks him, and he walks away. For whatever reason, Andre proceeds to, to follow him, still talking smack. That's where you hear the second smack. Andre still follows Gordon to like the the after match interview like they do in the UFC where they interview the winners. Gordon walks over there to do his interview. Andre is still talking to him, bro. Like I'm like, dude, what's going on here? Andre, like, stop it or you lost, bro. Like in my mind, I'm I'm thinking Nate Nick Diaz rules. You lost. You got smacked up. Gordon flips out and says, I will beat the fuck out of you in front of all these people in this room. Those were Gordon's words. That That's when people got involved. And, like, he was... I, I want to say he shoved John Danaher just because John Danaher got in his way. But that's his coach, so I'm pretty sure it was just the heat of the moment. And then, I'm like... So what's Andre going to do? Like, throughout this whole thing... Andre's just talking to him, like, Andre's not upset, like, he's cold, like, the dude's calm, the dude is calm as, as ice, bro, like, he's calm, like, Gordon's the one that's a little heated, and then he sits down and he tells him, go away, I'm doing an interview, and the whole time Andre starts talking to John Danaher, he goes, John, I respect you. But I just don't like how he likes to trash talk a lot. And, like, John Downer is right there just chilling, bro. Like, nothing went down. 
Like, I want to be as mellow as those guys, because Lord knows I'm not that mellow, but I want to be as mellow as those guys. Because trust me, I w- leading up to this whole week, I was kind of upset with Andre, because I do respect Andre Galvao a lot. He's respected in the jiu-jitsu community. I'm telling you, he gave Israel Adesanya his purple belt. But up until today, I was upset with Andre. I'm like, Andre, you should have hit him back. Because if, bro... 100%. Everybody that knows me knows that I can't beat up anybody. But if he would have smacked me that way, even if I'm losing, we are fighting because I need to get my manhood back. And now I'm not poking fun at Andre because I'm going to tell you what he said. So he put a, he did an Instagram live today saying that, yeah, people won't want me to kill Gordon and this and this and that. He's like, but I'm a martial artist. And in the fights on the street, it's different. Like, it's different than in competition. So, I forgive Gordon. I'm leaving out a lot of words. I'm just saying the main points. He's like, I forgive Gordon. Gordon, I forgive you, and I'm sorry for acting the way I acted. He's he's apologizing for the fact that he shoved him and flipped him off. And that he forgives Gordon for slapping him and, like, He's not upset with it. So, he's basically saying, if I see you, it's cool with me, bro. Like, I don't want to fight you. Now, a lot of people might say, like, oh, Andre doesn't want that smoke. But I see where he's coming from. Like, he recognizes the error of his ways. And I got to respect him for it because, like, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have acted the way he acted. Now, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, it's because Andre knows that Gordon would probably beat his ass. Maybe, I don't know. But, again, this is not going to be a popular (laughs) opinion. I would like to talk to Andre so he can help me get that way to where I will Because I get upset over a lot of stuff and very minute things. Like, I want to ask him, like, Andre, how how did you stay calm? Because if somebody slaps me, like I just said, I would have fought them knowing 100% I would lose. But so, I respect Andre. I hope I get to talk to him one day. Andre, for whatever reason, one of your students at Autos hears this. You can reach out to me. I I try to reach out to you, but... Bro, that guy's got a following, because... Let me tell you, not a lot of people care about jujitsu. That dude has 6,000 people watching his Instagram live. I was looking at the thing. That might sound like a lot, because you probably say... Other, other people get a lot more. Yeah, they probably they probably do things that are way more popular here in America. Jiu-Jitsu is not one of them. Because even some of my favorite bands, they only get like 400, 500 people. This dude got like 6,000 people to watch his thing. So again, Andre, can you teach me how to be nice like you? Because Izzy even said it. He's like, dude, the guy's so nice that it makes me want to be nicer. There's... There's something in the food and water in San Diego, California, because Andre, the way Andre carries himself and stuff, he reminds me a lot of Richie Martinez, that that dude is so nice that all you want to do is be his friend. Like, if somebody would come up to me and say, yeah, I don't like Richie, I'll be like, why? Like, because it's unfathomed to me not to like Richie because of how nice that guy is. Like, that guy is so nice. Him and his brother, they're really nice guys. Like, I'm an asshole, guys. I'll tell you the truth. I'm an asshole, and I, I know I can rub people the wrong way, but I don't see how these three individuals can rub people the wrong way. I'm talking about Andre, 
Gio and Richie because they are like, dude, they're so nice. Like, and, I, and I've never met Andre in person. I'm talking about like the way he was talking on his Instagram live. Like, I'm telling you, bro, if I would have gotten stuff like that, we were fighting. I, one of us probably would have went to jail, if not both of us, but we were fighting. And I was, I would have 100% lost that fight. But again, Andre Galvao took the high road. And he says he's going to continue teaching his students. For that, Andre, I commend you. People are going to get mad and be like, fool, this, this guy, he's like in love with this dude. But I'm not. Like, it's like what Andre did, a lot of people are going to see it as weakness. But what he did was very humbling of him and very courageous. Because I'm telling you. Not a lot of people would have went down that road. And then, and then, last thing, last thing. Eddie Bravo's Combat Jiu-Jitsu World profile trolled everybody because they put a poster together saying that Gordon Ryan versus Andre Galvao, April 20th, Cancun, Mexico. But it's what it said was, the caption said, who wants to see this because of the reference that you can slap in CJJ and... That's what Gordon did to Andre. I didn't take it as it's going to happen because of what it said. It said, who wants to see this? So they just made the, somebody made the poster or like somebody in the organization made the poster and put it up. And a lot of people believed it. But if you read the context of what it said, the caption said that that wasn't 100% the case. But anyway, guys, I ranted for a while. I do apologize. Enjoy UFC 259 tomorrow. It's going to be a crazy one. I cannot wait. Um, I'll keep you guys posted with Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan if there's any developing parts to this story. Have a good, good weekend, guys. Deuces.